You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. Mean Old Lion Media, where black and brown voices truly matter. It's just a thought. It's just a thought. It's my opinion. It's just a thought. It's just a thought. Get out your feelings. It's just a thought. It's just a thought. What's going on, everybody? It's your girl, Sheree Nicole. Welcome to another episode of Just a Thought with Sheree Nicole. Episode 100. I cannot believe I'm even saying that right now. Episode 100. We are still moving and grooving in season four. And guys, it just feels really surreal. I'm not going to lie to you. It's it's crazy. Like, to think about how this podcast kicked off and started in 2020 and to see where we are now as we move into a new year into 2024 i cannot express how blessed i am and feel how grateful i am to all of you for your continued support and how excited i am for the future so i'll share more of my thoughts on episode 100 after i get done talking to my next guest or should i say guests with an s plural i could not be more excited because I have visionary filmmaker James Samuel and one of the dopest actors I have ever witnessed on screen. I'm getting to meet for the first time, Lakeith Stanfield. And they're talking about the Book of Clarence is opening in theaters on January 12th. I've seen it twice. It is incredible. It's a bold new take on the timeless Hollywood era. Biblical epic, streetwise but struggling Clarence, who's played by Lakeith, is trying to find a better life for himself and his family, make himself worthy to the woman he loves and prove that he is not a nobody. An incredible film. Can't wait for you guys to see it. And without further ado, Lakeith, James, it's an honor and a pleasure to have you with me today. Give thanks. Absolutely. Absolutely. So let's jump right in. Um, James, I want to start with you. You're no stranger to taking creative risks, which is one of the things I absolutely love about you. Thank you. How do you qualify a creative risk and then determine whether it's worth taking or not? You know, I think you have to, as an artist, exist in truth. So I've always made uh, films, whether short or as long as I could possibly do, and I've always made music. And when you, mm-hmm. I think when you do both of them, like Lakeith, when you do both of them, you are just used to kind of standing in your truth. And you don't realize it's a risk, and nor do you actually care. Mm-hmm. You just know it's a risk by other people's reaction. Yeah. So I knew that when I presented this script and all of the studios ran away, that oh so for, for you guys it's a risk for me it's Monday right mm. these are the stories we have to we have to tell I don't think there's one person that we love as an artist or actor or that didn't do something different right and we're all and we're all unique you have to stand in your uniquity and personally I love those old school biblical movies I just don't see no one that looks like me in them mm, that's so good you know what I mean and so I think this is a movie that that um, that we deserve. Yeah, in the first of its kind in 135 years of the moving image. Like, you know, I don't really call it a risk. I just call it life. You know, it's interesting. This is the I've never seen a movie like this. Yeah. Not even close. Oh, not even close. Um, and I mentioned to my friends, I said, you know, this is a film 
that could be quite dangerous in the wrong hands. So I'm mm-hmm. glad it fell into yours. Thank um, you. Because I did think you did an incredible job, Lakeith. I'll go to you. Inspiration. Absolutely. We're we're all very layered human beings. Um, we we see you play two layered human beings mm. by yourself. It is brilliant. For you, what parts of Lakeith did you pull to play Karen, Clarence? Excuse me. Versus what parts did you pull from to play Thomas? Well, thank you. First of all, my mother's name is Karen, so it's a nice Freudian slip. Um, <laughs> you know. Clarence was written so beautifully by James yeah. that it kind of it, it just really translated into who I was in my personal struggle and uh, my struggle to become someone that I could be proud of yeah. and to bring my family to a better place. I started off, you know, with not very much, and I knew that I wanted my family to exist in a place where they could be safe, where they could feel they had options, where they could have freedom, and that's what I've been trying to achieve uh, throughout my life, throughout my mm-hmm. career. And so I identify with that struggle and the means to get there and what that looks like. And sometimes it cannot feel good to have to make hard decisions, to have to move away from home, to have to try and build something, establish something that you can bring back to your family. And sometimes those trials and tribulations feel like they might lead to hopelessness or a hopeless space. But keeping that trust, keeping that faith, um, keeping your good foot forward and trusting and knowing in your ability to manifest, I think is key. Clarence had that, so I feel like that really uh, resonated with me, and I hoped and knew it would resonate with others. And yeah. so Clarence was quite easy to fall into in that sense. And and Thomas, uh, you know, brotherly rivalry. I have a lot of siblings, so I understand. How many siblings? What that's do you like have? ten. Oh my goodness! Oh, Where do you yeah. fall in line? Where I am second to the eldest. My oh, brother is wow. older than me by two years. And uh, oftentimes we were, you know, people would ask us if we were twins. You know, we kind of look alike. I would follow him around trying to do everything that he's doing, wanted to be like him. So I know what that looks like, too. And so playing these brothers, it it just resonated really closely with things that I understand. Also, I looked at it as just a mirror image. Your twin brother could exist as a metaphor for a mirror image of your own self. Internal struggle, internal dialogue. The hardest thing sometimes to get out of your way in your path to completion is yourself. So doing that internal inventory and investigation is important. I wanted to see that, but I also wanted black people to see that and people at large to see that, that, Mm -hmm. you know, the biggest issue sometimes is our own ego. Getting that out the way can help you really, truly flourish. So it was was easy. Absolutely. Let me pick back up on, on, you mentioned black people, and I love how racism, we see it as an undertow of this film throughout. Why was it important for you, James, to make that, you know, a part of this particular story? Well, racism was an undertone. Um, throughout that whole biblical era. era. You know, Jesus himself, even though the movie is not about Jesus, it kind of is about an everyman that runs alongside Jesus. Mm -hmm. But Jesus was tried and convicted by the Romans, not by Jewish people. He was tried, convicted, sentenced, and eventually um, um, put to to death by the Roman Empire, right? And, um, and, And it was a form of, you know, that Roman Empire was a huge thing so you so every um film in that biblical era shows the roman empire <laughs> even spartacus uh uh, uh ben hur right even when you look at gladiator it's the, it's the <laughs> roman <laughs> the roman empire they were all over the place and you know they were colonizers they were just going in and expanding 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 it's crazy when you think of someone like Jesus having to answer to King Herod. And yeah. it's, like it's, it's madness. And but it, it is what it is. And so I wanted to show a you know, a movie that kind of depicted 
the environment that I grew up in, that Lakeith grew up in, mm. that a lot of us grew up in, and every one of us um, sees, even if we don't grow up in it, but transport it to that era and yeah. show how much in alignment we have with the biblical era and yeah. show how little things have changed. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Whether, whether a person believes in the Bible or not, we can all agree the book, any version of it, the King James version, is still a couple thousand years old, right? I feel mm-hmm. like Absolutely. Still rever- reverts the stories a couple thousand years ago and, and you can see how nothing has changed, which mm. makes that book... Like, whether whatever your belief system is, you could be Ricky Gervais, the biggest atheist on the planet. You would still say, okay, this book is relevant, just as relevant today as it was when it was written, when, yeah. when these stories were, were first told um, us, because of the behavior of human beings. It just doesn't, no matter, mm-hmm. no matter how much um, um, guidance we're given by the most high or by the most low, mm-hmm. no matter how much guidance we're given, we just don't listen. Human beings have never, never have never changed. We just celebrated a movie uh, called Oppenheimer about a man that created the atom. Yeah, man. like human beings, man. That's why uh, there's a line uh, when people are being crucified in the, in, the, in the films. It says, "Humans, God's only mistake." Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like sometimes I, I look at human beings, and I think, "Wow, man, are we a mistake of of?" creation we're capable of so much love but we just concentrate on so much destruction mm. and i think that's why i wanted to um have all of those themes and those storylines that we go through today in that era and also just give the young um the young kids that are watching films and stuff a new biblical epic that they can all relate to all races can relate to you know we know all races relate to black people anyway because mm. everyone kind of takes our, our culture but all races can relate to um, the book of Clarence because one, it's a story of an everyman, but two, you just know that that environment and in that environment, you get things like racism and yeah. you know, all of that stuff. And yeah. I think it's important to note that the answer to that question as to whether we are a mistake or not is no. But I think that yeah. the conventions put in place, the programs that we're often downloaded with, the way that we treat each other, the mm-hmm. way that we move yeah. under cells are godship and, and it allows Ooh, us to good, move in ways that are that you know if you're in an environment where you have to survive you don't have time to think about how you should treat your brother yeah. because you're too yeah. busy trying to survive and trying to eat mm-hmm. so changing the environment changing the way that we view things changing us from the inside out is a way that we allow our godliness to flourish yeah. Yeah. and the way to do that is to investigate and to have faith yeah. and to mm-hmm. walk with purpose yeah. and walk with knowing if i know you're my brother i can't do you like that That's right. yeah. but if i think that you're something else or someone else it's easy for me to think the destruction anti-natureness is the way to be Anti-nature. so it's all about changing so changing that yeah. dial changing that frequency yeah absolutely i want to stick with faith thing. you all are preaching over here um i want to stick with faith for a minute um and, and go to you here lakeith because we we talk about themes james you mentioned you know we have faith we have forgiveness we have family we have fortitude we watch clarence really and thomas kind of go through these journeys of faith clarence is being the biggest one the most obvious um for you how did playing clarence in particular either challenge your faith or grow you in your faith you know, it's when you go into a role, it's a lot, there are a lot of leaps of faith that I don't think people quite understand. First of all, you're trusting in the vision of a director and a team that is very large, hundreds yeah. of people on a set, um, on, a, on a, you know, a, re- a relatively big set. There's a lot of different people involved. There's someone whose job is to move the trash. There's someone whose job 
is to control the lights. There's someone whose job is to do hair, to do makeup. Yeah. And, and as an actor, you're sitting in all of these different chairs and trusting people with their artistic ability and integrity to help bring the story to life. Yeah. You have to have humility in that, and you have to learn how to trust fall, which is why it's so important to be able to choose your team. Mm. When James confront, when he when he approaches me and he says, "Peace to the gods." Peace to the young black gods. I understand that language. That's how I feel about myself. So it makes sense that he communicates in that way. With that kind of vision, I felt like I I had the necessary uh, uh, accompaniment to fall into it and know that we were going to be moving in a path of something that we can create, that we can be proud of and move forward and that our people can be proud of. And in order to get a message across, we have to do two things. We have to make people laugh and we have to make people think. And that's what we've done. Yes. And that's why when the teaser came out, people might have seen that and thought, oh, maybe this is blasphemous. Trailer 2 is out now. Now you have more context. Mm-hmm. In this age of immediate gratification, often people aren't waiting for that context. But once you see it, you realize this is the furthest thing from blasphemous. In fact, it's right in line with the Gospels and right in line with the truth that we all universally understand. Yeah. You know, one man can get to a point of completion, but he has to go through the hard parts first. Sometimes the hard part is challenging preconceived notions. Hopefully that metaphor serves as a larger metaphor to the story. Mm-hmm. If you can get beyond the blockades placed in front of yourself by yourself, there's beautiful things to be yielded from that. Yeah. And Clarence, Clarence was the vehicle to be able to show that. So in order for me to play him, I had to also have faith. I had to also develop this i may not be able to necessarily see the light at the end of the tunnel right now i'm in the thick of the work but if i trust and i move forward i can be surprised this is the first movie i watched of mine i'm very critical the first one i watched of mine where i was like i i love this (laughs) like i'm usually like there's something that i find that i'm like there's something to pick at there was nothing Mm. i loved it there's action there's romance there's brotherhood you know, there's, there's black love at the center yeah. of this. There's a relationship with God. There's a relationship with, with a young, younger black man that we see take place in this very tragic scene, but beautiful scene where the support is coming from the youth who love us. You yeah. know, we need this kind of imagery with all of the stuff that's going on in the world. You know, you got, you know, violence happening in, in, in certain parts. We need to know that we can come together and we can exist as one. Yeah. That is who we are. And this film highlights that. And I'm, I'm passionate about that. And I'm really glad to be able to talk about that. Yeah. Because there's a lot of things you could be talking about in Hollywood. We're talking about pushing us forward. Absolutely. And then by virtue of that, we push everyone forward. You know, now that we have this representation, other people could feel like they could represent their specific, like as we always do, open up the gates to possibility. Yeah. That's what we're doing. Um, like when you listen to him, him speak, you understand why I, I always say if Lakeith turned down this movie, I wouldn't have made it. Mm. He's literally the only person on the planet that could play Clarence. Literally. So was there an audition at all? It was just no, like, hey, Lakeith, no, you're my I met guy, him, let's go. I met, him for, I met Lakeith, we had met... A few years ago, but just mm-hmm. in passing over some pizza. Mm. But go figure. But I'm actually allergic to dairy, isn't it? I still eat pizza. <laughs> <laughs> and, it, and I don't necessarily pay for it as much as everyone else. <laughs> like, oh, it's going down. But, <laughs> but but we we met for the Harder Day Four, and we were speaking about the character of Cherokee Bill. And Keith um, got a phone call from his his cousin and he had to like he said I'll call you back in 15 minutes because something could have just happened in a hood and and I relate to exactly what he was speaking about when you get that call no matter what you're doing let me just take care of this right quick and when he explained in 30 seconds you you must have gone through like 15 possibilities right 15 
nefarious outcomes from mm. this call. You know, I'll call you back in 15 minutes. Click. I found Clarence. Because I've written Clarence in 2017. I had the idea from like 2004, 2005. I called my sister, Tanya. Tanya, I've got Clarence. She's like, you're Clarence? I've got Clarence. Because when I wrote Clarence, I was like, how am I going to cast this role? How am I, they're identical twins. How am I going to cast it? Clarence runs through every single gamut of the human yes. condition. Just as we go through in these um, uh, environments. It's, he's impossible to cast. Someone who's quirky, who's strange, but is also a G in the hood. Someone who is like just has all of these um, uh, personality traits that I am acutely familiar with. You know those people in the hood, but they're not actors. How am I going to find this guy? And Lakeith embodied every single one of them. So from the minute he got to set, I was like, look, after every take, there's something else I'm going to hit you with later. When we wrapped, don't go too far. I have something else. Mm. We're not going to speak about it now, but I have something else. Literally, as soon as we finished with the Heart of Day 4, I was like, okay, it's time. <laughs> Dearly <This> beloved, is... <laughs> we have gathered here today to get through this thing called life. Electric world life, and it means forever. But I'm here to tell you, there's something else. The suspense he... was killing me. And when he sent me the script, it was beautiful because there was just this little picture on the front page of a black man yeah. uh, on a cross. And I was like, oh, right, right, here right, we right. go. <laughs> I know this is about to be amazing. And I had no idea just how amazing it would be. And then, you know, it actually it brought tears to my eyes. I don't even know if I ever told him this. I might have mentioned it. But after I read it, I was just crying for a minute because... Mm-hmm. It was beautiful. I didn't think that in my lifetime I would read something like this mm-hmm. that had seemed to be so deep-seated in me already that someone else saw that and was able to speak to it and able to actualize it. It's one thing to think about making films like this. It's another thing to make them. Yeah. And I was like, wow, we're here. We have arrived. It's time. Let's go. Yeah. You know? yeah, beautiful. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. I, I love the excitement around, like you mentioning, Lakeith, you, you see a black man on the cross and you're like, all right, we're going to, this is next level. Yeah. There are people that will see that image and think the exact opposite. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a Christian. I wasn't offended by the movie at all. I'm also a creative. I thought it was exceptionally done. But I, I want you guys to get an opportunity to speak to people of the faith-based community who may have an issue with this. Before I ask you, know, you to do that, I will say um, to you both, especially you, James, there's satire through the film that mm-hmm. I really thought was great, yeah. but I also I was also able to see your acknowledgement of the sanctity of Christ's story. Oh, absolutely, I don't feel like you overstepped in that way. Actually, I thought you paid homage and great respect absolutely. to to the story of Christ. So for you, in hearing what I'm saying and knowing that there are people in the faith based community who may say, "I'm de- I'm not seeing this. This is blasphemous." What say you both to them? I would I would say that the Bible only exists just like the Quran just like the Torah is because human beings are sinners otherwise we wouldn't Moses wouldn't have ever had to speak to the burning bush we are sinners right 
mankind is the story of sinners. The first two, according to the Bible, Adam and Eve, God said, don't leave the, don't eat the apple. I'm going to the store right quick. I'll be back in a second. Don't eat that apple. And the serpent comes down, even Adam, he came back. The apple was all bit. And that, like human beings have committed sin as like from the minute we made uh, human beings were created. I would say this, Matthew 24, 5, Jesus says, many will come and saying they are the Christ and they would lead many astray. Jesus said that himself. It only takes a Google search to see that in Jesus' 33 years of life, there was two to 300 people in his lifetime saying they are the Messiah. The Bible speaks of Simon the Sorcerer. Like, does anyone actually read the book they profess mm. to know so much about? I, I really need to know. Ask your listeners, what currency did they use in the Bible days? What currency did they use? You see people with, with a dumbfounded face. Jesus himself spoke about this. Clarence is a, the book of Clarence is the story of an everyman, mm-hmm. a man that was a disbeliever who goes on a journey of self-discovery and redemption and finds faith. He finds faith. For a person to say this film is blasphemy, they haven't watched the film. And if you watch the film and say this film is blasphemy, I have to ask you... I have to ask you why. Is it because the people in the film are depicted of color? I I need to know why. Ben-Hur would be, no one in the Bible looked like Charlton Heston, right? No one, correct. Even descriptions in the Bible look like the people, you know, that we see every day. They didn't look like Kirk Douglas or or Victor Mature or Max von Sydow. Like, so that's my, um, that's my, um, you know, uh, thing like the movie isn't blasphemous at all. I was brought up in a a really um, strong a household, really strong belief. Mm-hmm. Jesus pictures everywhere, and Jesus was the first superhero, right? There's a scene in the trailer where you see Jesus stop the stone every, stones, and goes, "Jesus Nazareth." Someone said to me, "Oh, whoa, this looks like the Matrix." Like, don't look like the Matrix. The Matrix is the story of Neo. Neo is a rip-off of the story of Jesus. Absolutely. I just yeah. took it back. Give Jesus his give, give Jesus his, his props. And look, man, because I'm not getting those those um biblical epics, because I'm not being served them, because I'm not I'm not uh uh, uh and I'll I'll say this with my my hand on my heart, because I'm not being delivered the the films that I want to see and Jesus depicted in the right way. I had to do it myself. So I would say, you're welcome. Mm. I totally understand people's, you know, tendency to become cynical about Hollywood and what they produce and why they might be afraid of the depictions. I stress people to really try and ascertain the importance of storytelling and the importance of metaphor and the importance of word of word of mouth. You know how we got stories. Cinema hasn't been around for a long time. There's not a lot of representations of what life might have been like in biblical times. And I think it's important to stress with this movie that it isn't a literal story about Jesus or about the Bible. It's about maybe the guy who might have lived next door to Jesus or down the street or, 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 or maybe the guy who had a mundane job but saw the things that Jesus was doing and thought that he might be able to benefit from emulating that and perhaps went about it the wrong way, had a real big lesson to learn as a result of that and as a result of his lack of faith and trust and belief and, and belief and knowledge. That's what this movie is about. 
And so if we can get past, you know, what what might be indicated to us in the superficial and the readily apparent on the surface, then there is really a rich story here to be derived. And the story is a story we all share. It's really important that we invest in these stories. And so, number one, we can see more representation of people that look like us in times in history where we've been written out. The way that we continue to do that is that we show up and we support. And number two, it's just beautiful for us to collectively go on a journey together of self-discovery. We all need to do that. White people need to see this movie. Yes. They need to understand that, you know, oftentimes people might mention hip-hop being in the movie as, you know, inappropriate because it's modern music. But if you think about it, the music that's used in the other movies that are biblical adjacent, that movie, that 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 music was not made at the time Jesus was walking around. Yeah. It, they, weren't t- they weren't playing Bach back then, you know what I mean? So, yeah, so we have to think about it for a second. This is artistic expression in the purest way, and it allows us to engage in conversation. It is important to engage in conversation. If we flee from conversation, we don't grow. We have to have conversations. And we took very careful, meticulous attention to detail to make sure that the last thing we wanted to do was isolate and offend people with this movie. That's not what this is about. We want to liberate people and have them liberate themselves, in fact. And the way you do that is you break the mental chains. The way you start to do that is you start to engage first in asking questions and surveying. That's the only way we move forward. So I'd ask people to, to give themselves a shot at feeling the peace that comes with freedom by taking a chance and, and, and letting down the preconceived notions, I promise you there's a treat here waiting. Mm. Absolutely. And, I, and I'd also like to stress that, you know, when you think of, of Jesus, and you ask yourself how many disciples did Jesus have, right? There's like seven and a half billion people on the planet. Maybe those days there was like six, six and a half billion people on the planet. Jesus had 12 disciples. He had 12 mm-hmm. disciples. He didn't have six and a half billion. All these people running around. I don't want to get on one so early in the morning, but you know, you have people, but you know how you get me. Um, you have people running around like if they, if Jesus came around today, if Jesus came around today, right. And said, I am the Messiah. I am back. The exact same thing would happen to him. But the exact same thing would happen to him. one. He'd just be met with all disbelief and all these people hollering blasphemy mm-hmm. would be st- the cra- the choruses of naysayers that Jesus had when he was when he was around. He had 12 disciples, not seven and a half billion. He had a few hundred people when he was speaking on yeah. speaking his sermons. Outside of that, everyone else was was disbelievers. Clarence is a story of a disbeliever. You'll see all the layers um um there and it's a story of a disbeliever, a man that eventually finds faith. But where I show Jesus and his apostles and Judas, usually we we know Judas yeah. as, as one yeah. thing, yeah. as one thing, just a man that was betrayed Jesus. But we never really understand why or whatever. Even in the book of Clarence, that's not about Jesus. This is the first time in a biblical epic where I've actually seen a 360 uh, um, degree representation of Judas and his thought processes. It's one of the scenes I'm most proud of, that even Judas has color, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. You never see it. You just know Ju- Judas betrayed betrayed Jesus. So we say, you're Judas, you're Judas. And and when you think about it, to conclude, Judas was an apostle. I am not worthy of being one of Jesus' total 12. And I've never met a person, maybe my mum, who's worthy of being (laughs) Jesus's, one of Jesus's chosen dozen, right? The chosen, the chosen dozen. The fact that Judas was, he was probably a good, probably done the majority good and done one bad thing. My point is, this is a story of just the other things that take place, the other people that lived in that 
in that biblical era. And if you were told today a man walks on water and you just heard these stories from a virgin birth, you'll question these things. That's why we have logic. Anyway, my point is um, the movie doesn't blast from, blast from at all. I take painstaking effort, and so does Lakeith, yeah. in, in portraying the Christ in his godly essence. By the way, you are absolutely in the right for questioning whether or not this film could be offensive. Yeah. That, that, that is what you should do. Yeah. And we all encourage people to question. I mean, that's what we do. We, th- we, think, we try to think critically about the art that we're making. Mm-hmm. It's just not mindless drabble and babble that we're doing without any regard for anything. That There wouldn't be anything worthwhile doing in that. Like I said, excavating and surveying is the whole entire yeah. point here. Yeah. When you put up a painting or a piece of art, the, the, the contemplation that comes behind it is where it derives is power. Yeah. Yeah. We want people to ask questions. We want people to also see it so that way they see it in its entirety so we can really engage in conversation and we can't wait to engage in those conversations. So yeah. go see Book of Clarence. Yeah. And you, deserve it, to, you deserve this movie. You deserve it, deserve it, deserve it. We all deserve it. We all deserve to see ourselves in the biblical era. Tell me I'm wrong. You're not wrong. You're right. You also said you're welcome and I say thank you. They are trying to kick me out of the studio. I just want to thank you guys again. First of all, for the time, for sharing your gift with us and for me. I hope we can do this again. This has been a very edifying conversation. Wishing you all the best. Whew, I need to catch my breath right there. What an incredible, incredible conversation. I cannot thank Lakeith and James enough for the exchange that we shared. Such a, such a special time right there and Man, what a way to close out this year and what a way to put a stamp on episode 100 with a conversation like this. And, and guys, again, please make sure you check out the book of Clarence on January the 12th. For those who have continued to support Just the Thought, and I do want to shout out those who started with me on IG Live. When Just the Thought with Sheree Nicole was on IG Live during the pandemic, the early parts of the pandemic, April, May, June, July, and even August, There's a lot of people that didn't make it to the podcast portion, but they helped build it because they jumped on IG Live with me every week. I want to thank each and every one of them, to every manager and publicist, to every industry friend, to every colleague, to every single person I've interviewed, to every single person who said yes to being on this platform. I thank you from the bottom of my heart because this doesn't happen without your willingness to participate. For every single person who listens to the show, whether it's weekly, whether you binge it, whether you're here for the first time listening, whether you share it, those of you who share it on social media, those who download episodes, those who like episodes, subscribe to, to, you know, the, the particular streaming platform that you listen to this show on. For those who are now watching on YouTube, I just started that this year. I could not be more grateful. I cannot tell you where just a thought with Sheree Nicole is going to go I just know I desire for it and I believe that it will grow you like how I rhyme there (laughs) so I know that it will move forward but I am excited about throwing some different things in the mix it will look different Um, we'll continue with season four before taking a pause um, before season five so expect more episodes into the new year and then right around the February mark we're going to stop down and, and, and put a nice bow and wrap up season four but it is a fun ride that we are still on nonetheless thank you 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 i do this show for you guys and because you listen because you watch it fuels me 
it empowers me. It inspires me to continue to keep moving. I hope these conversations that I've had these last 100 episodes have been a blessing to you, a blessing to those who've shared, who you've shared these conversations with. And um, I look forward to having more in the future. Please, please, please don't be shy. Hit me up on social media. Let me know your thoughts, not only about this episode, but previous episodes, your thoughts about the show. I am here to listen and I'm here to serve. So thank you guys. God bless you. Episode 100 in the books. Happy, happy, happy new year. God bless. Peace. Just a Thought with Sheree Nicole is produced, hosted, and edited by none other than yours truly, me, Sheree Nicole. To watch, listen, like, and or subscribe to this episode or previous episodes, you can go to YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. Have an amazing week. Talk to you soon. Mean Old Lion Media, where black and brown voices truly matter. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.